This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands. Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings. Learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs. OTBDiscs.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 189 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. I don't even know. Like this, this, this is going to be possibly a dry episode. This, so, this, with with that said, uh, it will be very much not dry in the us drinking sense. So hopefully that will help it uh, live up to the DGP standard. This is like a semi-emergency episode, uh, similar to how... For multiple reasons. One, I'm going to be gone next week, but two, just lots of stuff happened. Yeah, there was just a huge cascade of different news and disc golf decisions that were made over the course of this week and the by the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And uh, it's just like, there's a lot of it. And and then just like minor drama as well on top of it, and we one felt we needed to do a show. Two, Joe's going to be out of town next week, and uh, so this was kind of our last chance to do a show together in person. So uh, this is like a semi-emergency episode podcast, and uh, no dear review on this one. We're just gonna hit some disc golf news and and get after it and see how it goes. So, uh, yeah, I guess, should I give like a overall, like an overview here? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to try. Okay. So, um, like, like my first bullet point, I, I labeled 24 hours of craziness, which was the Waco annual charity opening open, uh, going from three rounds to two, and uh you know being shortened as a result of the coronavirus and then the PDGA well and spectators being pulled from yeah, day yeah, two. yeah I'll yeah. get I'll get oh, there sorry I'll get there don't worry um and then the PDGA subsequently uh, suspending most of the rest of the disc golf season until April more or less so there was just kind of like that outright craziness that that dropped in a very short period of time and then on top of that we had a little kind of uh twitter drama with uh brody smith and jamie thomas uh, jamie thomas wasn't really a participant in it but uh it was very much fodder for the rest of the disc golf world and uh reddit and, and whatnot so we'll talk about that we also have the disc golf network coverage so we'll we'll talk about how that worked out and what we think can be improved upon going forward and, and what's going on currently and what their plan is going forward as well. So, And then after we talk about all that, we'll recap the tournament, the Waco Annual Charity Open. So 
Uh, we've got a whole bunch of news to cover first, and then we'll actually do some tournament talk, I think. Yeah, we'll probably get to the tournament talk. <laughs> right? Probably. There's a lot of, lot of stuff. So we'll see how it, it's going to be difficult to be totally coherent on this, and I'll, I'll try to keep it as linear, linear as I can, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So we're, we're not used to having this much disc golf news to cover in such a short period of time. So, um, also Paul chain sponsored. <laughs> that, that's not true. Remember when we thought that was crazy? I mean, it, it, it listen, that but, one thing is, is close to as crazy as some of this stuff. So, like, just in the sense cl- of it close being to like, as crazy as one part of what we're going right, to talk about. Just like yeah. that was, uh, earth shattering to the disc golf yeah. world. So uh, let's get right into the PDGA season and the cancellations that have resulted uh, because of the coronavirus uh, quarantines and kind of, you know, self um, self quarantine that that they're asking people to do. Do you like coronavirus better or COVID-19? I prefer COVID-19. I do, too. So let's just do that. Going OK, forward. we'll do we'll do that. Cool. So, um, within the start of the Waco Annual Charity Open, um, round one came through, and and during that round, a whole bunch of uh, national news was coming through regarding COVID-19, and uh, after the first round, it was pretty clear that, that something needed to happen, and early on the morning of the second round, the Disc Golf Pro Tour announced that, that spectators would be bound, uh, banned. Um, from from watching the second round, and then shortly thereafter, uh, I I think it was fairly might have been same time, but I think right after that they also announced that the third round would be canceled. Um, um, we can jump in some of that big news too. Like for those of you that are are super focused on disc golf, like good on you. But just so you know, and I'm sure you're at least aware, like the uh, like mid game. Uh, a basketball game was stopped. The arena was let out. There was a player who tested positive, and then the NBA subsequently suspended their season. And then within the day that this was all going down, NHL did the same. Uh, baseball pushed or closed spring training and pushed the start of their season. And then through all this, like. I feel like Rob and I even talked about this um, maybe even after we wrapped the episode or maybe when we played disc golf last Saturday. We're like, are they going to – or no, not last Saturday. On like Thursday, we're like, are they going to shut down Waco? And we're like, no, there's not – and then they did. It's definitely a possibility. Yep. So, um, so yeah, that, that was big news on what was, uh, you know, uh, Friday morning, essentially. Right. Uh, so – we saw that we knew that the tournament was going to be shortened and which make has all kinds of differences for the players. You know, when you're, when you're two rounds in the difference between uh, a shortened tournament like that and a whole extra round. So it does have an effect on the tournament itself and obviously no spectators, big deal, big deal. Shortly after that, the PDGA announced that they were suspending all NTs, majors, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and the Euro Euro Tour through April. So, uh, big deal there. This is um, is basically 
putting a lot of the season in question, especially this early on. And uh, they they did leave it open to basically local discretion for sanctioned smaller tournaments, uh, basically saying as long as you're following the guidelines of of your local regulations, right? Um, you may have these tournaments, but you know, obviously proceed with caution, which I I think is just kind of them saying you know we can't stop you from doing what you want to do, but. You know, we recommend that you maybe knock it off. Do you think this is ultimately because PDGA uh, decided they made a mistake by making worlds in Utah? Yeah. Sorry, there's no time to joke. Yeah, that 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 doesn't make any sense. Um, the, <laughs> a little, I mean, you tried. It's a little funny. <laughs> at least I guarantee, at least one person, please, one person in Slack, be like, I giggled a little bit. Just make me feel a I mean, little better. I, I agree. I would prefer that it not be there, but that's okay. Nonetheless. Uh, the next thing that happened was that the Glassblown Open was outright canceled. It's huge. And, and this is actually the point that I want to get into a little bit further, which is that all of these tournaments, these, these major tournaments, have um, sunk costs. Like you think about uh, planning a trip and buying your flight in advance. Tournaments have the same sort of cost that they have to pay up front or they lose it. Yep. And if they decide to go all in, they risk losing that money. And and this was the glass blown open saying, I think there's a solid chance that we lose this money and and we don't want to to put ourselves through that. And there are a lot of other tournaments that are going to be facing the same decisions. Based on this uncertainty, especially those that have to rent out a, a an expensive venue, like, for instance, the Masters Cup. We know that right, they right, are right. renting out. Hey, maybe Masters. The golf course. Here's, maybe they'll just stay at Daylight. Here's a good time. idea. Masters Cup. Maybe don't rent the golf course. Maybe just play on your disc golf course um, that's free for you. That's, you know, the, the, you one of rent. the top 10 disc golf <clears throat> courses in the world. So, um, you know, maybe just do that. Fun idea. Um, but there's other ones like the San Francisco Open, which is a little different. San Francisco does not have another course that is of that level as Glen Eagles. So right. we don't have that choice here. Like Golden Gate Park is a cool course. Um, but it's it's not it's not the same level of challenge for it's, the top th- th- level I players. I don't know that that's as as I mean, yes and no. I think kind of the bigger piece too for Golden Gate is it does come to cost, like just like the ball golf course at uh, De La. Like, if you really want to have a pro event at Golden Gate, like you need to take the park over and pay an insane amount of money, like you know, like they do when uh, whatever I don't know outside lands outside lands or... yeah. exactly. Like you need the whole park or a huge portion of it because there are a lot of people walking park, through. I mean, no, no, no. But you the need park's a big, huge. You need a big piece of it but all of it and shut it off from people walking through, which would be very really difficult. I mean, difficult. Um, but, but I do want to, I want to dig in before we go into that a little bit more. Like I just want to talk about GBO a, a little bit. Um, I think GBO more than any tournament that happens. Um, I, uh, that is not only is it is it crushing to um, 
dynamic discs and that being their home and their business. But like those businesses in Emporia, I guarantee you when they set their annual budgets, their plan is a huge influx for a couple weeks around GBO. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's this a is- small town. It's not, it's not like a huge, like it's not San Francisco, you know, it's not, you know, having a tournament in San Francisco, um, as much as I love it and I still want it to happen, like th- that money that is coming in tourism and and restaurant revenue and all of that is nothing. Like that doesn't matter to the but city of San Francisco. No, no, no. But this is across the board with all this is symbolic of everything that's no, happening t- around. Totally. But so that's my San point. Francisco still hurts. No, totally. I'm just saying this is how serious it is that a place that um like disc golf drives their economy in my mind and I could be off, but I feel like that's a big piece of it. Like I, I bet those two weeks of GBO um, are probably like 10% of businesses like operating budget annually. I mean, I mean that's, I, I, I would have no way to verify that or I, so I don't know, but I, it, the overall point is that yes, there there are massive economic impacts of of all these things canceling yeah. and and it's going to hurt people everywhere uh, so yeah it's rough and and GBO is a signature tournament and it it is one of what they say is one of the most fun kind of disc golf experiences everyone that's gone there tells you how amazing it is you're wandering through these block parties pros are out there in the street with you uh there's just all kinds of it of things going on left and right and that it's just kind of immersive people are camping together it's just like a disc golf festival and the fact that that's being canceled and we don't have gbo in in 2020 is super sad and yeah obviously a a a significant economic you know deficit for that area but it that's happening everywhere with a lot of different things totally totally sadly right um, right i i'm yeah i'm purely talking just disc golf fuel but yeah yes everywhere is being impacted but i this. i wouldn't be surprised and possibly while we're talking now like there could be these other ones just doing the same thing saying hey you know what we we can't make the financial commitment right now in this not knowing what's going to happen going forward we can't make the financial commitment to uh, put this tournament on, even though in theory it's out far enough that things could be better by by then, we have to we have to click this now. We have to say yes now, and we can't do that. Right. So, um, and this is big big amount of money for for tournaments that aren't making money either. Like these guys aren't printing money by having a tournament. They they no. are if they're lucky begging and borrowing and stealing to break even don't like, don't steal kids <laughs> like these tournaments don't they're not out there to to fill their pockets they're out there to create an incredible experience for other disc golfers out there and that's it they're they're not they're not trying to to make a ton of money they're just trying to put together an awesome tournament and and g- put the best foot forward for the sport exactly just get more eyes on the sport. So there's not there's not a lot of margin for error. No. If you can't have spectators at your event, you're losing out on all that income that comes from them being there and buying discs and doing different things, buying a shirt, buying a GBO shirt, buying a GBO hat, buying a GBO disc, whatever it is. If if you can't have a ton of people flying in to do that, 
then no, that tournament does not make sense. You cannot just sink the cost. So it's it's brutal. It sucks. And, uh, you know, obviously COVID-19 is, is a serious concern for all of the people in the world. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of our new reality. We have to be aware of this. Hopefully the containment works and that uh, people uh, restricting their, their contact with others will slow the, uh, the infection and give hospitals and scientists a chance to address the vaccines or the treatment of the virus. I mean, shoot, the main thing we need right now is, is like testing across the board. Oh yeah. The test is the big deal. That's, that's number one. Like let's know who hasn't and doesn't so we can get clean quarantines. Cause I'll tell you right now, like, um, and I don't think, I don't know if it's cause I'm an American or whatever, but when I get a cold, when I get a flu, when I get a whatever, like I don't go to the doctor, I know it's going to go away. Like I haven't been to the doctor in 10 plus years. But if testing was easy and and around, like that's where it needs to be. That's gonna be that's gonna be the piece that really helps take care of this. Sorry to get it's so no real no and, it's it's true. I know I'm just it's like no being I, so I totally dry agree. and real and like not uh, drunk and goofy yeah um that's the truth yeah no it's totally true like we we have so little tests in America currently. And I, we have listeners all over the world. I I, I can't speak to to your your countries. Um, Listen, if you're listening in South Korea, y'all are doing it right. <laughs> that's true, actually. So, <laughs> I did see that chart. There's probably too. others that are doing like good stuff, but like South Korea, like they are, they figured it out and they're crushing. They it. crushed it. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's it's tough. So. You know, hopefully, all of you staying healthy, uh, keeping your distance. Joe and I, obviously, not doing that at all. We're next to each other. Um, we've been cuddling this whole time. Yeah, we um, played disc golf together uh, today, touching we, each we, other's faces. We held hands on the way to disc golf. Uh huh. Um, it's fine. Yeah. So we're very poor examples. We are. We are. But um, <clears throat> no, it's it's. Uh... All right, let's move. Like on. I really want to 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 make jokes. Um, but I'm going to save them for after the show and I'll tell you them because <laughs> now's not the time. All right. We'll, we'll move on to the next bullet point, even possibly less fun than the, the previous one, which was, um, I think it's great. Like, I think this, this is going to be a more fun conversation for sure than what we just went through. All right. So, um, the next one is Jamie Thomas, the, uh, the, the anchor for the disc golf network. So far, um, you know, he does the commentary along with Nate Doss uh, for the NPO, and he does the commentary alongside uh, Val Jenkins for the FPO. He's like your play-by-play guy for uh, the Disc Golf Network. Uh, in any case, uh, a screenshot of a Facebook post uh, came to light on Twitter and uh, Reddit, for that matter, uh, on top of him kind of doubling down on on certain parts of his right his facebook post in in the most recent upshot podcast that were just kind of like not really the the recent podcast was basically him not being stoked about brody smith being placed on the feature card which we discussed 
ad nauseum in the previous episode, and I don't think we need to get into the fact that Joe and I think that that was a smart move by the Disc Golf Pro Tour Oh, God, to, so to put someone with a ton of fans on a feature card. And we'll get into more stuff that Disc Golf is being very smart about with Brody. But, um, and, and, and to be fair to Jamie, his, to be fair. his comments were from quite a while ago. This is from November of 20, Four plus months, yeah. 2019. So a long time ago, Brody Smith was still not really... It wasn't clear what his plans were with disc golf. Um, he was just starting to uh, do videos with Simon and uh, and Paul McBeth. And at, uh, Jamie also works closely with Ulta World. Works for Ulta World, not works closely. Um, and has... Which that company has a background obviously in ultimate and uh, we talked about brody's kind of role as a pariah to some people in the ultimate world i think that ultra world perhaps has some you know I- i'm gonna just say it i think that everyone that works for ultra world has a little bit of a beef with brody and i think it's pretty dang clear uh from the episodes that ultra world has put out on their Upshot podcast with Charlie and Jamie. They have not been very, I don't know. I mean, just some people don't like big, handsome dudes <laughs> that are in shape. Like, well, I mean, it, it's it's clear that there's some that Brody has been divisive in the past. Like we know that there are Brody haters out there, and there are people that love Brody. And either way, it still draws eyeballs to the sport. We talked about it last time. Like it 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 can work out. But uh, Brody has been pretty uh, liberal with his time for interviews and things like that. And I think it's pretty um, indicative that he has not been on an interview with Ulta World, the, the show that makes a point of interviewing a lot of key people in the sport on a regular basis. And on the recent episode... Jamie was basically like, what kind of example are we setting? Literally, what kind of example are we setting for the kids by putting this guy with all these subscribers uh, on the feature card when there are so many better players, he's taking their spot, this sort of thing. I And I, I do, before we jump in, because I have some some ways that I lean, I do want to... Uh, throw in the fact I've, I've met Jamie a few times. He's a lovely person in person, a person in, in person. person. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, I, I like the guy. Like I, I, I think he does a great job with commentary. Um, I loved him in spin TV, his ultra world takes. I don't necessarily jump in on. Um, I just want to get that out there. Cause I might roast him. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, I, I I think I've been fairly complimentary of Jamie in the past, even in probably the past episode. I mean, you've been very complimentary of Jamie in everything but the Corvette. That's true. Yeah. But that's fine. And Which, I think that probably didn't, never came to a main show, so forget I said that. I mean, the disc is dead anyway, so it doesn't it matter. Is, it is. Uh, Gru's gone, so. <laughs> um, but uh, Jamie does an excellent job. Uh, he is, I he think, does. a good commentator. So... This is this is where I want to go, and then we can we can work back in. Okay. Um, I've had conversation with Jamie. I've talked about I I've had conversation with him because I I did like a absolute extracts like putting competition before SFO last year, 
And a big part of our conversation was that he was able to qualify to play an SFO. Yes. That he got his rating up finally yeah. to be an open player. And so he, although, he's what, like a 960? Yeah, like 968 or yeah, 60, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. So Good player. I Totally. But... I, so I jumped on when I when I saw all the stuff. What I did um, because I also watched the second round on YouTube of Waco, and there was just so much hate. And they're like, "Oh, like he's no good." And and I want to jump on and be like, "He's probably a better player than Brody." And I looked up ratings. And I was like, "I'm not going to say anything because Brody cause, threw 970 rated rounds." Exactly. And here's the thing, like, and and I don't um, I don't think this is where um Jamie's head is at and I don't think that he realizes this well but I think deep in, in his mind a part of all of this is that he's been working his ass off um and if you look at his PDGA uh page like he plays 20 tournaments a year like I didn't realize he played that much and he's slowly creeping up and here's this dude that he probably has beef with before anyways who's stepping brand new into the sport and is better than him. Probably, yeah. Like, that's rough. That is a, a, a hard pill to swallow. And whether or not that's in his mind, what is behind um, his stance, like, in my mind, like, that's the deep-seated that maybe he needs to come to terms with going forward. I, I think that he's, at this point, Probably, I would bet that that at this point Jamie has had a conversation with Brody. I hope so. I, I I'd would, assume so. I would think in private Jamie has had a conversation with Brody and said, "Hey, man, look, I wrote that stuff on Facebook, and that was a long time ago, and I didn't, I didn't, I don't think it think of it that way now, and I, I want to be able to be cool with you going forward." Like I I don't want to say that Jamie's probably apologized because I I don't know I can't speculate but I would think based on the Disc Golf Network and their relationship with Brody at the moment that yeah. that someone was like Hey Jamie maybe you should, maybe you should go talk to Brody and and have this be okay because this week Brody tweeted out a screenshot of a November 2019. Uh, Facebook message where Jamie Thomas said some kind of, I don't know, just, I don't know. what it, it, It's just speculation. It's By the way, I'm friends with Jamie on Facebook. We um, are in a uh, fantasy football league with Jamie. And just being on Facebook, he definitely is one to like jump on and, 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 and keyboard cowboy just a little bit. Got it. Yeah, no, I've seen that on Reddit too. Right, um, which you know, to each his own. But just and, that, uh, that you know, to be there. Funny though, keyboard cowboy didn't show up on the Reddit post to uh, defend himself on this one. Well, but you probably knew he was in the wrong. Yeah, maybe. But it, nonetheless, the only part about this, and I'm going to read the post, the Facebook post, and the only part about this that gives it credence to me is that the the recent last Upshot podcast of this last week, he doubled down on that's kind of the the part where i was like certain about. parts of this not all of it but certain parts of it he reiterated um on the recent episode and and it was made clear in twitter conversations that i saw brody had listened to it 
So um, Brody wasn't just like when we talked putting about this song, out to call um, it out. Last week we talked about this a little bit about the upshot. Not um, we didn't see this. Can you do it in your best uh, your best Jamie Thomas impression? I don't have a Jamie Thomas impression. You can try. So. I, how what he doesn't really even have like a, a cadence or anything that i could do plus i don't do impressions you can so. just say like welcome to spin tv welcome to spin tv and then um, like and then and at some point when you finish it'll be like let's spin it back all right well i'm gonna read it now <laughs> sorry so <laughs> all right i'm so, just trying to make it disc golf podcast ish so jamie thomas said brody and disc golf would be worshiping a false idol he's not a good disc golfer and he doesn't care about it other than being a prop for his brand. He's not even really an ultimate player anymore, so much as he's a YouTuber. He's using Simon and Paul to make money. Don't look for disc golf. Uh, don't look for disc golf. Love. Uh, sorry. Don't look for disc golf love where there is none. Ah, got it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to jump in real quick and just say... Um, How is a sport this small um, compared to the following that Brody has a prop for his brand? I I mean, that's clear. But you got to look at this in the context. Of, I know. I just like that. That first I mean, which, piece, I'm like, what? Even no. still, like at that time would have been clear. Like, why would he uh, who who was getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views on golf videos, ball golf videos. Yeah. It then dropped down to hundred thousand for disc golf videos and like be looking to profiteer on it. Like no, if if he was just looking for pure profitability, ball golf is the way. No, but for a dude to step from not knowing the sport to high nine hundreds, like I think we talked about this when we very first talked about Brody. That where he just played at high 900s, I'm pretty positive you came right in and said that's going to be his peak in year one. Yeah, I think so. I think that we'll see a lot more high 900 rated, rated rounds. Um, I, I think we'll see a thousand rated round. Yep. But I think that Brody Smith will finish this year as a high nine. Nine hundred rated player. My opinion has not changed on, on the on the cusp of the four digit, and we'll talk about that more later when we actually get into the the Waco A. But what Open. I I said uh, that he would be like a a, a nine seventy nine sixty to to nine seventy type player. I don't remember. I'd I'd pull it. You, you you probably did. I'm just saying. I think um, in my mind he's gotten there quicker than we assumed he would. A little bit, yeah. For him to step into it. Like, Brazos East is not not an, an easy, easy course. course. No. Like, that's not something you can just step in and, like, there are other courses. And and we'll get into this yeah, in, I know. in okay. the later part. Right. But he made some really simple mistakes that, like, like execution-wise yeah. oh, we'll, we'll could have yeah, made his... But you yeah, know what I mean? Like, no, like, oh, 100%. Oh, like, my gosh. There are easy fixes to get You can back. see Whew. how it could click and, oh my and, gosh. and work. I was watching, I was like, ooh, I have that part of my game. And, and it's not like putting yips where you're like, okay, they got to fix the putting yips. And you're like, well, putting yips are a big deal. But it was like the... I mean, we st we're we already stepping into it. Let's just, yeah. let's just get there real quick. Well, you got to... Well, no, okay, no. Okay, move on. Move we got, on. We got one more thing. So. Well, let's, let's, let's wrap this up too. Just yeah. real quick. Like, um, I think 
Jamie Thomas. I, I think he needs to figure it out. He needs to realize, like, I don't know how you're, how you can be blind to Like we had him on our show. He's been on other shows with the amount of videos he's pumping out. Like that's not driving subscribers. Yeah. Like it's, that's not, um, he has other things that he was doing for his brand that were growing more. And to be so into this, like, I don't know how you can't realize that dude is in, like, he is digging disc golf. He, is. he He got the same bug that we all got. He got that same shit where you're like, I want to play all the time. I want to buy all the discs. Like, I want to figure it all out. Like, especially for someone like him where, you know, I, I, we, I think we say this a lot, like, the way you get someone in is you play around and they have, like, one good throw. You have one good throw and then you want to get out and have – two or three good throws the next time you play. And then all of a sudden you're starting to par the course and blah, blah, blah. Like if you can get out to a disc golf course and you have the natural ability to play par disc golf off the bat. I mean, granted there's the ultimate there. There's, there's a skill set and some muscle memory that's built in, but there's also tons of muscle memory that we've seen him through videos that he has to break because it doesn't work for disc golf. Dude's putting in the time and effort. He's putting in the time and effort. He's there's no reason he would put that much time and effort for a money grab. In my opinion, I just don't I, I it just blows my mind that there's still that thought yeah. floating. I, I I I can't disagree with you there. I, I mean it's it's I suppose it's possible, but it it just doesn't seem like the rest of us here in disc golf aren't here because we're printing money. No, like we're not none of us are and we're not affiliated with a brand we're not affiliated with um anybody who has any connection to anything we're like the most out on the on the sidelines figuring it out and i just i don't i don't well, get it and here's here's the thing if brody figures out how to print money through disc golf maybe we should all you know like take note brody i hope you're listening um we love you on this podcast. <laughs> if you wanted to let your Twitter followers or the people who love you on YouTube know about us. He has. I know he has. When we interviewed him. Totally. I'm just saying like. Let's not pander too much here, buddy. I mean, we can pander a little bit. We <laughs> do it very rarely. No, we don't. I mean, I, you know what? I will say this right now. Brody could do something in the next three days and we will turn on him next week. If 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 he does something. That we think is not cool in disc golf, we will call him out on it. Yeah, I don't know what that is that he could do. There's any number of things. Like there's tons like, of things. I only I don't throw discs anymore. I only throw kittens at the basket. I, well, I mean, just imagine like we still talk about nico calling garrett girthy on a football that's true that's true from way long ago so like imagine a scenario where brody is in a contentious moment to try and win a tournament and he calls a ticky tacky foul on someone of you know that could be a situation where disc golf says hey dude that's not how we do this i get it that's the rule and maybe that's disc golf just sucking at calling itself on the rules, but I could 100% see a scenario where Brody Smith calls something on the letter of the law and disc golf gets pissed off about it. 
because that's yeah. not how disc golf works. I mean, I mean, yes and no. Like it depends on what. Like, like here, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a super reference that you'll understand. Will Brody be the one to call Euliberry's exactly stepping putt? Exactly. But with that said, as disc golf community, is that gonna upset you, or are you gonna be like, finally? I, I I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll, I, I'll be the finally. I will be like finally there's someone who maybe through also, their own ignorance <laughs> jumps same, in. Same team, dude. Same team. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, for sure. But I'm like that. There, there are a few things that go on that I'm like, why does no one ever call this or that? Um, and maybe someone comes in and does it. I don't think that's enough to 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 turn disc golf. But I, I'll also tell you right now before we kind of move through more even though yeah i think this is a better time than when we actually talk about the tournament watching the second round and being on youtube and being in the comments because i always i'll tell you probably 90 percent of the time if you're watching on youtube and disc golf podcast is hanging out in the in the comments it's usually me uh by usually you mean it's always always oh you've never okay anyways there were a ton of people watching and commenting for Brody who were new to disc golf and came in through Brody a ton. Yeah. Like, and that's huge. And yes, I, there there was part of me that was like, Hey guys, like figure it out. Why we keep having people jump in and ask, um, when we're going to watch Brody play. Cause like, that's not going to happen in day two. Like understand like that piece, like do a little bit of research, but at the same time, like, man, look at all these eyes that are getting on disc golf right now that wouldn't have without this dude. Without this dude being on a lead card, being on the or yeah, the lead card feature, whatever. But there's a different feature card, and jo- I don't know. It's all weird. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, there, there's legitimate cause for confusion, and we'll we'll actually yeah, that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. next totally. bullet point on on this whole thing. But anyways, and then a lot of just like shit talk about Jamie Thomas. But that's all fans, and I think actually, Robin, before we move on this, you brought this up too, and and that is the one kind of thing coming from Brody that um, was a little bullshit, a little like not that cool. Purely posting that tweet with that um, with Jamie's comment and and putting that out to his Twitter followers, like he kind of sent his army. He did at someone in the community that's like in my mind held in high regard and like just anyone in general like putting your army after someone um, for something that happened like five months ago. It's, just, it's pretty shitty. Uh, you, no, I I I don't disagree with you there. I think the only reason he did that was because he listened to the recent podcast yep. and and heard that. I think that had he just seen that and then looked at it, said, okay, this was November last year. Nobody knew what my intentions were. But at, looking at his Twitter, I, I watched it. Someone said, hey, man, this was, this was you know, 17 weeks ago. Uh, he doesn't feel this way. And Brody's response was, not according to the podcast I listened to this week. Dang. So, like, he listened to it. He's Jamie hadn't really changed his tune. It wasn't quite as scathing. A- as scathing as his Facebook post. He didn't call him a false idol, you know, any of that sort of stuff. But he very much was not, uh, it, he was not stoked about the fact that 
that uh, Brody was going to be on the feature card. And this is coming from someone that is going to be announcing, doing the play-by-play for him while he plays his first pro tournament. So, well, I can, I can see both sides. I honestly can. I don't like the fact that he put it out for everyone and that Jamie Thomas is getting... Jamie Thomas is definitely getting way more hate than he deserves. Jamie Thomas is not a bad person. I don't like his takes. I don't agree with what he's saying about Brody. But I also don't think he deserves to have people calling for his head and saying that he should be removed from the Disc Golf Pro Tour uh, broadcasting. That's not... I don't think that's a thing. I don't think that's okay. And I think that anybody that's doing that is not really paying attention to Disc Golf in general. So I want to really make that clear. Like we're we're trying to be as as you know open and honest about our opinions and try to cover both sides. I mean, maybe Jamie Thomas lives in that Sean Jack uh, all publicity is good publicity world. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I, you know it's tough. I Jamie is good at what he does. I I think that he's. I think that he's wrong on on yeah. some certain things and I also don't think that Brody needed to call him out the way he did. And I, I will say he was very positive in the live coverage. He was. He was. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if if both of them have talked about it in private and we never see anything about this again. Yep. I I I wouldn't be shocked at all about that. So um that's my thought. I, I yep. think, honestly, that's my prediction here. We're not going to see this again. You know what I would love, though? And I don't think it's going to happen. But with all this, you know, with this time, that or, with this time off, with this time off, Jamie, because I know you're listening, or Brody, because you might be listening more. Um, who, do you think's, who, who do you think is a better chance who's actually listening to this? Brody. 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 100%. You need to challenge Jamie to, to a round. round. That'd be sweet. To a round, like you can put it on your channel. Y'all can get your shit out. You can figure it out. It'll you'll gain respect for each other regardless. Like there's not huge crowds. You're still not messing with the COVID nineteen. Uh-huh. Like that would be fantastic. Can we please do that, please, guys? That would be. Um, I'm be gonna interesting. be. I am gonna be in Austin next week. If y'all are still in Texas, I will come out. I can't help in any way because I'm I don't have anywhere the presence of either of you, but uh I'll 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 live commentary through a round. I'll whatever let's let's do it. Should be noted that uh, I I don't believe that Jamie is in Texas. Oh yeah, he he was with Nate off site. Yeah. Jamie, you need to get to Texas, even though you're not supposed to travel. And I'm definitely not, but I am. <laughs> um All right. New take. Dis uh Brody, you and me are gonna play around on camera. <laughs> oh, geez. And I'll be uh I'll pretend to be Jamie. He's better than me though. And he's a lefty, so <laughs> they're both better than you. Oh, hands down. I'm not pretending like that. Like, no, without a doubt. I I think I just said that. Pretty positive I just said that. But yes. Um basically what I'm saying is, hey Brody, I'm gonna be in Texas next week. If you wanna play around, let me know. All right. The next thing I want to cover before we get to the actual tournament. This is crazy. (laughs) This is crazy. 43 minutes in. Oh, shit. 43 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the tournament. 
like actually what happened in it, but I still want to talk about the coverage. So, uh, Disc Golf Network, subscriber-based, um, for the first rounds, the final round, their, their uh, program is the final round is always going to be free on YouTube. So, in this tournament, the first round was only on the Disc Golf Network. And then since the final round was canceled, or the third round was canceled, round two became the final round, which then was free on YouTube, which was confusing for just about everyone. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, I was I was trying to watch it on the, on the DGN network, and all of a sudden I was on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I watch it here. Okay, easy. Also, with the recent cancellations, they and has- you do comments. Comments are I love comments. Oh, I can't handle YouTube comments. I can't believe you actually. I've got two monitors, it. so it makes it yeah. easier for me. Uh, but also with the recent cancellations of uh, suspensions and cancellations of disc golf tournaments, uh, we haven't seen real any real clarification of what they plan to do for the people that have subscribed for disc golf coverage for either the month or year um, going forward. So a lot of people kind of confused and and wondering what's going to go on. It it very well is possible that by the time you're listening to this episode, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the Disc Golf Network have addressed this. I hope they have. Uh, Hopefully they'll just pay for my PGA membership. (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. No, it's fine. That's probably how it works. That's probably what's going to happen. I have a couple of thoughts about the coverage, which was excellent, might I add. Um, yeah. Aside from a few like Blair Witch uh, camera operators where they didn't switch fast enough and you see the cameraman like running through the woods. Um, but that's fun. I like that too. I'm like, for me, I'm like, I mean, I don't like yeah, it. You're, you're hustling. Like you're trying to get there for no, the putt. Like, I mean, it. I understand why it's happening, but I would prefer not to see it. That's That's like how my opinion on it. I get it. They're oh, working on it. You know, people working but, behind cameras are better seen, not heard. Yeah, exactly, Joe. Oh, you're awful. Yeah. Oh, heard, not seen, I guess. I'm being an elitist here. Seen, That's but not seen, definitely. I guess. Um, God forbid don't be I, seen. I expect live coverage of the standards of, you know, like this current year, 2020. Not like. Yeah, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> what a jerk I am. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. But in the second round, the final round. They were covering multiple cards at the same time, and they switched relatively seamlessly. And they gave replays and coherent analysis. It was good. It was really good. I liked it. It was fantastic. Um, And it was on YouTube, so anyone could watch it. Uh, What I don't like is that the feature card, the round one card, is not so far for the two tournaments they've done posted in a condensed you know post cut version anywhere else not on the disc golf network not on youtube nowhere so uh a lot of people are like oh jomez gets lead card and jomez comes out and it's like oh well the day one feature card is not the lead card so jomez puts this stuff out and it's not the same feature card that people want to see but there's like two feature cards like there's a feature lead. no well there's, lead, oh, there's card. lead card and then feature feature like, card so figure, the, figure it out we're getting there but the so the the uh round one feature card that we talked about at, at memorial at, at length for the for waco that had drew gibson paul mcbeth uh kayla visca and brody smith oh yeah, yeah. did not go to jomez 
that wasn't filmed by Joe Mess. It nope. was only live. And it's uh and on top of that, it's the whole live broadcast. So it's five hours long. So if you want to go back and, and watch it, even if you paid for it, you gotta skip through the five hour broadcast, you know, and, and rewind and, and well, skip and, forward. And it's not readily available once the round is over. No, it is. No, yeah. no, it wasn't this it it was not. I mean I mean I logged in I, I logged in yesterday and, and and scrolled through it. It was there. Are you talking round one? Yeah. Round round one is uh, Yeah, you, yesterday, but if I'm if you saying, log into Disc Golf saying, Network. No, what I'm saying is uh I saw plenty of comments, I think in Slack and outside of Slack, that people um paid their, their membership and they were at work all day and they got home at like five o'clock at night and want to just pop it on and watch it and it wasn't ready to roll like you couldn't pull it like they you couldn't you couldn't watch it like it it wasn't like uh the Smashbox stuff where it's like automatically when it cuts it's ready to watch okay that's not how it was all right so you couldn't watch it like um you know like you would like i uh my dad knows this but i dated a girl her her dad would tape like all the basketball and football games and he would get home at the end of the night and then watch them. I think I think everyone listening is familiar with the concept of Anyways, recording something and sorry. watching it later. I'm just saying there's a lot of people <laughs> that are into that and I've, I've not been with Anyways, so there were a lot of people who... Um, I did not realize that because... Yeah, it I, was not ready to roll right after. Because I have rewatched uh, Memorial Live and other things live after the fact. I, I didn't realize that that night it wasn't the same. But since then, I have logged in, and it is it is there for you to to go back and rewatch. Right. I'm just saying it's not it's not automatic. Um, Got it. Whereas, it Maybe, hopefully, should, hopefully it is now. Yeah. But I I know for a fact now if you log into your Disc Golf Network, you can rewatch. Oh, for sure. The entirety sure. of of that first round. Um, you just have to skip through, obviously it's a live broadcast. So you're skipping through the parts that you didn't want to watch, but, uh, you know, overall it's, it's good broadcast. So that's part of my problem with it is I would really love for the disc golf network to do post cuts for those round one feature cards. Like it needs to happen. They, they need to have someone edit it. And this is getting into my next thing, (laughs) which is that they're going to do it now. Um, Well, they aren't, but... No, they are. They they are, and in coordination with Brody uh, Brody and Paul McBeth, um, Brody has worked out something with the Disc Golf Pro Tour. It came from a tweet. He tweeted out that um, he was trying to get the rights to his round one footage to post on his own YouTube channel. And uh, then Paul McBeth responds in Twitter, like uh, in Twitter, (laughs) we knew you meant uh, in Twitter that he would love to do commentary with Brody on this. It's all very sequenced. Kind of seems like a marketing plan. Um, Wow. It's like two guys who maybe like know something about gaining followings and yeah. Marketing so themselves. the Disc Golf Pro Tour, Disc Golf Network, then responds saying, we're on it, we'll work on the cut. And like there it goes, suddenly. So soon, we're going to see on Brody's channel a post-cut version of his round that is going to have commentary with Brody Smith and Paul McBeth. That's going to happen. 
Um, I would I would really appreciate if the Disc Golf Network just did this on its own already. I really don't understand why this happened this way, and that it needed to be like prompted by someone they, else. They like, they might now they might figure that they, out. This seemed obvious. Like I honestly was looking back on it at Memorial and like why why wouldn't you do this? No, we talked about it then too. We're like wait, we didn't. We're like, wait, can you watch that? Because, <laughs> nope. It was very confusing. It still is confusing. But I will tell you right now, um, and I know in our Slack earlier, which I didn't read, but Robin told me just a little bit, that there was people not stoked on that. Y'all are dum-dums if you think it's not smart for the Disc Golf Pro Tour to let <laughs> Brody pop this stuff on his channel like that that you just got a gift you just got a gift that is like um i mean you're close to equivalent of like popping on like espn3 like you are getting more views than you are going to get in like the life of that video within weeks like that's huge. And I know like you don't get the views directly to your channel, but knowing that you put content out like that to drive people towards what you do is huge. We already talked about like the the followers that are joining in purely because of Brody to put eyes on that. Like you I'm so happy that they were like that they understood that and they jumped in and said, "Oh yeah, we're going to make this happen." Like had they stepped in and been like I mean, there's a chance and I'm not going to I don't want to drag him through anyways, but there's a former director of Disc Golf Pro Tour that might have still wanted to be in-house that who knows. But um gosh, that's it's it's great. It's so good for the sport. It's so good for their channel. It's so good for um everybody i'll i'll take the i'll address what you just said in in one way um anybody that that doesn't like the way that came down on twitter the the manner in which brody tweeted to the disc golf uh network the disc golf pro tour i'm trying to get the the rights to post this on my channel um you're lying if you're not going to watch that video oh yeah you're lying you're going to watch it and you're going to enjoy having Paul Macbeth break down that awesome round that has Kayla Visca, Paul Macbeth, Drew Gibson, and Brody Smith playing one of our coolest courses. I'm just excited for, for Paul to, and we can kind of move in the next with, spot with Paul and, and Brody doing commentary. You're going to watch it and you're going to like it. And, and they have good rapport and they know, and I'm so excited for Paul to just shit on just some of the goofy things that Brody did. I, I kind of hope he does that too. He will. And I, I, I know he will. Cause he'll be like, what were you doing here? Like there's multiple times and Brody played better than we expected. And totally. This is 100%. A perfect segue into That's what I, talking exactly. about the actual tournament coming up, uh, which is the last portion of this podcast. I think um, we'll see since we're, you know, in uncharted territory for basically most of this episode. Don't worry. We'll go, we'll go through, uh, the, 
Waco Annual Charity Open, and then um, we'll just drink a whole bunch more and just sputter into awfulness. <laughs> Just for y'all who who made it with us through this, uh, and there weren't enough like farts and like talking about uh, dicks and stuff. Oh, great, Joe! Thanks. Wait, what? Thanks. That's not what we do. No, it's not. Oh, right. We are a legitimate news organization. I mean, honestly, we two out of three weeks we've been really solid in this. In invest world. investigative journalists. Yeah. Anyways, Jobin. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like it. Um, so I I want to just talk. I want to I want to I want to dive in to Brody and then we can go other things. Panda that's watch. We're going. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, Brody showed us a lot of magic. Um, he smashed drives. I mean, we don't have uh, CCDG footage that shows us like the drive distance and speed out of the hand for this, but I'm pretty darn positive Brody broke the 500 club uh, during a tournament round on camera. Yep. Um, which I think he did early with Drew somewhere in some video or tweet or whatever, but he had some absolute smashes um, off the tee, like out of the box. He did pretty damn well aside from some like goofy tree hits. Like right off the tee, but drives were legit. Putting was better than I expected, for the most part. Just that up game, the short up game. Yeah, I don't understand, especially like an ultimate background. Like Robin and, and I'm not trying to steal this from you, but I'm going to say it because. But this is what is ex- like. If you take an ultimate player, and you're like, you know, what would translate the most to disc golf? It would be the upshot game, in my mind. I I thought so too. I I mean, I honestly thought the the putting would be better. Also, yeah. But uh, I really didn't expect the approach game to be as weird as it was. He had that world where we talked about like year round last week. When we talked about it like that world of um, I've got an eighteen foot birdie look. And shit, I flew by and I've got a 28 comeback for par. And you hit the par every fucking time. Because I don't know. It's it's that mental side. Like, it's 100% what it is. Like, he hit a lot of, like, good comeback saves that were way tougher putts than his original putt. Um, but, yeah, ultimately that, that upshot game was just so goofy. Yeah. Like, it was like, – like, so we were on the course today. I'm just throwing a for instance. And there was a dude who played through us and off the tee was garbage. Putting was garbage, but he put it on the, on the, on the pin, like every time on his approach. Like, I feel like that's usually the easiest thing to pick up is like, well, I know I can just kind of just pop it over here and it's good. Yeah. And that doesn't work. But, um, you had a really good point, Robin, uh, and I'll let you dive in a little bit deeper about going from ultimate to disc golf and the thought of the ground. So we as disc golfers that have been playing for a while take ground play uh, for granted, I think. We, We know about it. We constantly think about it. And that is what your disc is gonna do when it hits the ground. 
Uh, for an ultimate player, you really don't care. Like, your disc hits the ground, the play is over. And it's it's either, you know, the other team takes the disc and you start over. Like, that's that's it. But for a disc golfer, it really matters what your disc does when it hits the ground. And that's something that I think that Brody specifically and a lot of other maybe newer players listening to this should take heed of. Like, we, it is as important what your disc does in the air as what it does when it hits the ground at the end of your shot. Like, it can be a huge difference. We play skip shots all the time. I think about ground play more than I do... Well, I mean, I guess you play long enough, the flight that you throw, like the line you throw, is based on ground play at yeah. the end. Like, sometimes you want a big skip after yep. your throw. Sometimes you want it to sit and do nothing. Sometimes you want it to skitter uphill. Exactly. Like the, it, it is a part of your throw. It is not just what the disc does in the air. After it hits the ground, we care about it. We throw even different plastics to try and get the disc to do certain things when it hits the ground. And knowing that certain softer plastics will settle faster versus a stiffer, harder plastic that will skip or move significantly more once it hits the ground. So I think that's part of it. Um, I, I also think that maybe it could have just been nerves yeah. um, on, on certain things because he, he really just just absolutely he just goosed weird shit he, yeah exactly that's a perfect way to put like it. he just was like yeah oh no. fuck damn it <laughs> like i have a 60 foot like layup up shot and i just put it 40 out to the left past yep. the basket yep. like just silly silly things that just like watching i was like what what yeah but overall like that's the one thing i'm like if i was on camera playing this tournament that is the one thing that i would do well yeah i might shit all the other pieces but that i have the utmost confidence in my ability to like drop a judge on the pin from 60 feet yeah yeah and there's not like crazy i mean there were spots but there's not crazy elevation there's not you know it's not the course we play where um you can do that layup and skitter 35 feet past the basket all of a sudden or get on edge and roll down a hill like just just throw it at the basket yep just put it right yep. there and, and and drop it in and then at the same time a dude made like a 75 foot scuba oh, i was rad like uh, and it, if, you, if you're looking for it it's on uh the disc golf guys uh instagram he also i think tweeted it he, no he put it on youtube too and it's on youtube so uh just look terry terry miller's uh social medias and YouTubes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it just it ridiculous and it's just ridiculous. Bro listen, uh one, they're not taking COVID nineteen uh seriously because there was lots of high fives after that. Yeah, they and yeah, probably some hugs. Yeah, for sure. Which I don't really care. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. Um and he was probably the loudest <laughs> out after that than I've ever seen with aces included on camera. He was pumped and he was yelling, let's go. And I, uh, maybe I'm in the minority, uh, aside from being Mexican. Um, <laughs> was that necessary? I loved it. No, it wasn't at all. <laughs> like, but relevant he, at no, all? Uh, uh, I loved it. 
I thought that was great. I I enjoyed that he was pumped and he was letting people know about it. Do you, With spe- that said do you too, speak for the Mexican people when, not you, long, when you say not that? Not long. Okay, no, just, no, no, just no. to make that clear. No, thank you just, for that. I appreciate that because I don't want to act as yeah, though I do. No, of course not. Um, Why would you? And his drive on six, the first round on camera, he pulled a full-on MJ, like even like a little bit harder MJ, uh, where he ripped the perfect drive and just turned around and walked away. Right. And I loved it. And then he <laughs> shit the upshot, which like <laughs> was like a 70-foot jump putt. And somehow he was still out <laughs> after being the closest off the drive. Yep. There was a lot of that. All right. Yep. So an hour and four minutes into this podcast, are you ready to talk about a disc golfer other than Brody Smith? Oh, we're not done with the podcast? No. no. Oh, okay. No, we, we still need to talk about like the most important disc golfers in this tournament. Nate Sexton? And like what happened in the tournament. Do you, you think that'd be like maybe a good idea? I mean, it is, but at this point I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> but yes, it totally is. But for sure, like at this point, after all this talk, I'm kind of like, this happened. This is what, this is what went on. <laughs> what? No, th- this was some legit awesome action. So the, the second round... Obviously, this is a shortened tournament, so the uh, second round being the final round makes it a lot different. Like uh, Normally, the second round would be what you'd call like moving day. Like The players get into position uh, to make a run at winning the tournament in the final round. Instead, this second round is now finality. And uh, what it does, it brings in the possibility of the second card. Uh, because typically, after a first round, the second card really isn't that far away from the lead card. And that's exactly what happened in this tournament. And we had a straight-up battle coming down to the finish between two different cards that were largely unaware, aside from Udisc. We know for a fact that Colton Montgomery was completely unaware of the scores. He, he said that he had no idea. He had his phone in airplane mode. Um, and he threw an incredible second round. 13 down with two eagles. Two eagles coming down the stretch. He was absolutely on fire and even birdied the 18th hole, which is a water carry the entire way. With a huge headwind. This is a hole that people aren't birding. You look at the scores going down there uh, throughout the tournament. At that time, you see bogeys everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, he managed to get the two just barely crossing the water for his incredible round. And then had to sit in the clubhouse and wait for Paul McBeth, one of the best players in the world, to see if Paul was going to hunt him down. And in the meantime, the Disc Golf Network was switching between these cards really nicely and also mixing in FPO at the same time. So you were getting to see the shots uh, as they unfolded and watch the through. This was probably my favorite part of the whole weekend, getting overlooked by all the other drama that was going on in Disc Golf. But this was well executed and it was so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. Um, 
so, so I, I but before we get deep into this uh, uh me being the me for this podcast if i told you like this, this there's got a he he's got it so i was like where's colt montgomery from because uh if you, you hear him talk it's you can like kind of assume Everything says Colorado, but I'm going with he lives there because of Discmania and he's from somewhere else. But I can't find where that somewhere else is. Is this? Is this? If I told you Colt Montgomery is born and raised in Colorado, would you believe it after hearing him talk on film? I, I maybe. Ron, don't be an asshole. I, I, well, like I was just like laying out how this round finished. It's clear. I know. I just. It's, it was clear minutes. that you were not listening and googling. I was where Colton Montgomery is from. I know because you. You know. But should we talk about like what happened? Yeah, we can. <laughs> I just like. I. I really want to know. Can someone like let us know? Good lord. Let us know. Ugh. No, he. Cr- I mean. All right. So, but I, I still haven't told people what happened. Oh. And they probably watched, but maybe not. Uh. So. It came down to it that Paul Macbeth needed to birdie his final holes to uh, to tie or outright take take the one lead. one out of the final two holes. Yes, to tie to tie and both to win. So seventeen and eighteen, uh, Paul Macbeth was in pretty good position to to birdie seventeen uh, and had just really not a great putt and and ended up taking the par on on seventeen. And then on 18, he just turned his drive over, turned it over to the side. He gave it a run, a, a long run, like a, probably 100 and, I don't know, 120 feet, something like that. Forehand at it. Once that happened, it he knew that he had lost the tournament. And Colton Montgomery takes down his first Disc Golf Pro Tour event. And uh, honestly, like you said this earlier, Hundred percent C one X for the tournament. For the tournament, not not round two. Two rounds, nonetheless shortened, but that's still pretty incredible. And and he put together an amazing round. And now you can talk about his lively interview. Well, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on this. So he went minus nine through the back nine, but not. Uh, he did not birdie every hole. Uh, dude had two eagles. Yeah, I, I know you already brought it up. But did you say <laughs> minus nine through nine? Do you say I that? didn't? I did. Okay, okay. Well, I got that. Um, yeah, no, he was just solid, and, and um, and Paul, and and not only did Paul not execute um through those last two, but we we just we saw some Paul that we're not used to. On hole three, uh, off the tee, Paul was in the best position for birdie. He was the only one in position for birdie on three on his card for three on his card, and uh, everybody parred and he bogeyed. He three putted, which I I can't remember the last time I saw a Paul three putt. Yeah, uh, Memorial he had some goofy putts, but there were like two putts that were still like insane to see to see a three putt uh was just kind of wild and that was i mean i think that was just the opening the door to what his round was kind of going to be which was um shoot probably still like a 
over thousand rated ground, but not a typical Paul final day. But it's also I you know it was a unplanned final day too, which I I don't think there's an excuse. Like if anybody doesn't get an excuse for something for for this, it's Paul. Paul is the most mentally strong disc golfer there is in my mind, in my opinion. And I think we've seen it. And there's a reason that he, uh, his rating raised again. Um, but it wasn't there today. It wasn't. He had a stretch of five pars, which for mortals is fine for Paul. Like that's very strange. Uh, and then to, to go 17 and 18, which he, it's the same, uh, in round one, he parred both 17 and 18 after having super solid rounds. Uh, whereas last year, uh, his bread and butter, I feel like was 17, 18. It's almost like he didn't expect someone to shoot 13 down. Like, and then all of a sudden, like you, you his round wasn't going how, how he expected it to. There's a little bit of weights on there too. Uh, like wait time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden, I think he was aware that he needed to score, um, and, and he did. He started birdieing, you know, a bunch of holes on that on that back nine. But he was left to the situation where he had to birdie two of the hardest holes on the course. Seventeen and eighteen are extremely tough. Uh, you know, he was in great position on seventeen, and just didn't really have a great and just goofed a putt great upshot well his his approach wasn't great either he left himself pretty right. long instead of putting him going out over the water like we'd expect him to do he hugged it pretty tight and put himself really close to that ob wall and then left himself with a you know a death putt more or less towards the water and just didn't execute well and i'll say this right now and um first and foremost uh Colton played out of his mind. Oh, absolutely. He destroyed it. So there's yeah. no, there's no, I mean, I don't, I it, I take nothing away from him. Uh, he. And I, I don't even want to have the discussion of what if there was a third round. No, that's not where I'm going. Because it's, it, there was two rounds. Doesn't matter. Colton Montgomery. Doesn't matter. Had an nope. incredible second round. Well, and, and, and Paul was strokes ahead. Like, yeah. Paul had tons. Paul rolled in with the lead. Like it's not. It's not the Paige Pierce, which we'll get to, where it's like, oh, she had a like that one. I think is more a oh, if there was a third round, but Paul had the lead and lost it in day two. Like that's just bad. I am starting, and and there's been rumblings, and I've heard stuff, kind of like whispers here and there. Um, and I think we've talked about it. And I think it's almost been like confirmed, but not officially that Paul's injury has not really healed and he's just holding off on surgery because he wants to win worlds again before he does it. Um, Seems like it might be a good time to have surgery. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like if you got some weeks off, like go and get that done. If that's what it is. Um, because the Paul we saw last year is not the Paul we're seeing now. Yeah. And it's reminiscent of the Paul with the knee a few years ago. Like just 
just the execution is just a little bit off. Um, with all that said, to still be like one A or one B in every tournament you play with a fucked up foot, like you're real good at disc golf while mentoring, uh, you know, another disc golfer. Right? He's just like <laughs> while while raising a child. It's basically. <laughs> For sure. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's mentoring two up and coming. Like, throw Hannah in there too. Like, That's true. Like he's he's coaching them up well. Yep. Like her growth from zero to where she is now is huge. And then he's got Brody, who's like the phenom, like raw talent. Like we we talked about. Like he. We've smashed, talked enough about Brody. But he's, he smashed a fucking Z force. He was really only flipped a, and turned and yeah. came back. I mean the the difference is you watch Gru and and uh and Paul and they throw that line at what that's hole 14, right? Yeah, I think so. Um wide open, it it's uh, you know, 613. Uh could be. I think is it's it's either it's either 13 or 14. Um, cause 15 is the, is the one with the, the, with the road on the left. 14 three Oh three. So it's not that. Oh yeah. You're right. Okay. So maybe it's 16. I think it's 16. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, it, it was a bomb, but you know, Paul and, and Drew are throwing it on a, a hyzer all the way and Brody's throwing a, a turnover. Not to change the fact that 500 foot is 500 foot. But do you think they but, watch that and they're like. When this guy gets it, oh yeah, absolutely, sure. When this guy gets it, fuck. Uh, no, no, because I think they see the rest and they're like, you know, it it took. <laughs> you know what? He can be forty feet out. Yeah. No, exactly. And, like and and find a way to a, fuck it up, uh, right? And yeah. still take a bogey because he yeah. he oh, went totally. from forty feet out to fifty feet out on yeah. just the worst upshot possible. Yep. Exactly. All right, you ready to to talk FPO? Yes. All right, so uh, we had a uh, a one-two fin finish. This is Evelyn Nassalinen. Sign of things to come. And Hannah Blomroos uh, taking one and two, and it really wasn't close. Um, Evelina had an incredible second round to to close it out, uh, going to not incredible round, but she had a very solid round to finish it out uh, and, and take the win. And Hannah, same thing. Uh, uh, she was an even par finish and shot one under on her uh, her final round, and they were just looking solid all the way around. Both players, uh, Sarah Hokum in in third place. Yep, tied to destroy with Katrina Allen. My grip six versus Robin. Oh, that's right, that's right. I mean, there was multiple like Eagle through minus ten. And Conrad figured he wanted to play disc golf. And Emerson Keith thought about it. And Colin was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, <laughs> and it all just kind of crumbled. But, That's true. So. I did win picks. You did. did who, who were your picks, by the way? I we had uh, I had I, I chose Cat and Paige and Pashu. Okay. And then I chose Paul... Coling and Emerson Keith. Got it. Okay, so I had Macbeth, Conrad, and McMahon, uh, and then on I was looking so good after day one. And the FPO side, I had uh, Blomroos, uh, 
Hokum and Pierce, and Pierce was my worst pick. Of, oh yeah. Oh, of those ones. I mean, Hokum was my worst. Pierce or not Hokum. Pierce. Pierce and, was my worst pick. Of you know, it's funny. Like of 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 all the players, like Eagle McMahon and Paige Pierce are my worst picks. Yeah. Well, Pierce. Like, like two I didn't of pick, the greatest. I, I didn't pick McMahon because I wasn't expecting. But Pierce, we both like. If we could have chosen when we had our picks on Wednesday, if we said. If you put your money on one player to score the best, FPO or MPO, who would it be? Guarantee both of us would have said Paige Pierce. Mm, I would have said Paul. Really? Yep. Definitely. Definitely. I just coming off of like coming off of Memorial and just Paige being like 13 strokes in the lead. I was just like Paul. Paul is still the best player in the world. Oh, without I, I would a doubt. Have, I without would a have doubt. Chose Paul. Without a doubt. There's no. It's really not even close. I. I don't. I wouldn't consider anyone. I, I, in my mind, I just think him versus MPO in comparison to Page versus FPO. In my and that's and that, maybe that's why I'm wrong and that's why I lost picks. I would have went Page. Ah, no. versus that field instead of that. But you know what? I didn't really take the time to say this is not where Paige shines. There's a reason she shined at Memorial, and that does not equate to this course at all. It could. I, I, I just I can't figure out Paige Pierce. Like I don't. Uh, we know, like with Katrina Because she's Allen, a woman? You're an awful person, Robin. I can't believe you. What? That that was compl- that was that was very much like over the top joke, completely so unnecessary. I mean, I I love women, I really do. It's, Let's I move on before you I say don't know. something you don't need to. I don't know why you would say that. About <laughs> Let's me, just move know. on before. It's really hurtful. Uh, love you. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Evelina um, <laughs> won Memorial last year. She's super solid. Uh, and obviously has proven that she can play Woods too, which uh, is is a, is a big deal. To have power and finesse is huge, and I think that's kind of... Um, Evelyn is an elite talent. Yep, I without mean, a doubt. Th- that's, that's true. And we also had Heather Young, uh, who, by her last name, 17 years old. Uh, by her last... Because her last name is because she's 17? Yeah, she's 17. When last she, name Young. When she turns 18, she'll be Heather Adult. Uh, weird can't be old like what's in between we definitely need to close this podcast out because joe's getting real weird well i just why why would you be like well based on her name she's 17 uh yes joe her name is heather young and she's 17 years old and she's very good at disc golf that's like a relevant like natural comment do, okay. do we need to put you to bed or, or stop? No, you're you. Never mind. <laughs> you'll listen back tomorrow and you'll you'll hear what you said. And don't worry, I'm pouring more whiskey for us. <laughs> Here. Uh, okay. So my point was that Heather Young, someone we never talked about on this podcast before, uh, put on a real good showing and uh, played extremely well. She loves the color purple, which is also pretty cool. And uh, like, actually, she loves the color purple, or she loves the movie The Color Purple. No, she she loves the color purple because she wore all purple, and it was dis- discussed on the on the coverage that you know her and her sisters oh. have different colors that oh, they love right, and wear right, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to watch yesterday. I had a whole bunch of meetings. Got it. Okay. 
Well, great, Joe. Sorry. Nice job. We jumped on a podcast like two <laughs> days after. Usually we have like a whole week for me to catch up on stuff. I usually watch it live, but I had meetings and COVID-19 and work and stuff. Like, I apologize. Listen, I'll steer the ship. You can just, you know. I, uh, uh, so you're saying we'll just do the podcast how I've always done the podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. So uh, despite the now third interruption into my just kind of brief mention, the fact that there's this new intriguing left-handed uh, young FPO player that uh, showed really well. So, and her name is Heather Young. And I liked watching her play disc golf. I hope to see it more. All right. So I'm looking stuff up. Uh, did you know she's a left-handed player? Jesus, Joe. I knew you just said that. I just wanted to do that. I'm sorry. I told you, I told you off the top of the show, I'm going to do my best to just drink a whole bunch of it at the show to I'm so done. make it a disc golf I'm podcast. So no, you're not. You yes, I am. You love I it. don't want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> All right. I'm taking applications. I quit. Who wants to steer the ship? Nobody does. Fuck. I'm screwed. Don't do it, people. You don't want this. Job. I apologize, Robin. The pay is terrible. I Baby, assure you. Come back. The pay is horrible. Horrible. And you have to keep this. There's man not on really track. pay. There's not really pay. Good lord. And like this this guy will just keep, keep giving you drink, drink that, by the way. No. Um yes. I still have to close out this podcast. Are I you know, gonna you can have that? How about this? You can do me one favor. Do you want me to read the do top ten in MPO and Got then it. top ten in FPO? And then I'll close out the show. All right. Do you drink that drink I poured for you while I do that? Thank you. I'm going to... Okay. You going to start talking now? Yeah. So in first place in MPO, we kind of already talked about it. Colt Montgomery at minus 20. In second place, Pongbeth at minus 18. Third, Kale LaVisca. Uh, I think I said his name wrong, but I think he says his name wrong. Uh, at minus 16, which is great. He had a kind of rough first round, so great uh, turnaround in, in round two. In fourth, James Conrad, who helped Robin beat me in picks, uh, came out of nowhere with a minus 15. Greg Barsby. This is like the first Greg Barsby big call of the year. Um, I guess we're only a few tournaments in, but I feel like last year was kind of slow too. At minus 14, tied with uh, Adam Hammes, Austin Hoop, Paul Uliberry. And Philo Brathwaite, all minus 14. Uh, they pulled together. That's, that's a great uh, group of people. Some we've been hearing about for a while. Austin Hoop, I kind of brought up, I think, maybe Las Vegas. Uh, he killed the tournament up here in uh, Oakland, and uh, he's, he's, he's tearing it up. And then we have, ooh, four people – Tied in 10th at minus 13. That's Austin Hannum, Calvin Heimberg, Nathan Queen, and Cameron Messerschmidt. So good on all of them. Um, lots of solid second rounds. I think wind might have been much more of a factor round one, or they just figured it out. Great for them. And then moving to FPO, as we were discussed, Evelina Solonen, first place at minus four. Hannah Blumroos, uh, even. And then tied for third, Sarah Hokum and Katrina Allen at plus five. So that's a nine-stroke swing between first and third. Uh, tied for fifth, we have three, Kona Star Panis, which is great. She's kind of been an up-and-comer for like four years in the FPO scene, so it's good to see her uh, put together a good tournament. Also, uh, dating Colton Montgomery, so... 
hey that's a um that's a thing good for both of them uh i mean he's a handsome man that that's a catch he is he and i mean Cohen's all right um uh as well so and then heather young we already talked about and then tied for eighth we have a three-way tie with christina linthicum valerie manduhano and missy gannon i might as well go to 11th too because there's no 10th and that's a uh, page shoe and Haley king both at plus eight very nice and that's how the cookie crumbles so uh we are recording this episode on saturday night the 14th and i imagine we'll release this on monday morning i would think well it's up to you just depends i mean we'll get i mean it'll be ready to go yeah so we'll see but uh joe and i don't plan to record during the week next week one uh what the fuck would we talk about um i guess i'm gone i guess we'll see two joe is gone so there's a good chance that this recording is the last one until the following week entirely yeah so uh well and obviously we'll update you if that changes or you'll see a new podcast in your in your feed but uh for now that's it so i hope you enjoyed it and i hope we have stuff to talk about uh in a week and a half it certainly seems like we will because uh, disc golf seems to be generating content what at a much more rapid pace than god i'm so hopeful there's a a jamie brody round to talk about oh god wouldn't that be great it'd be amazing hopefully we see more content like that we expect to see content like that so uh in the meantime please review us on itunes drop five stars leave a nice review helps other people find the podcast we appreciate it i love seeing it i show them to joe when i he reads them to me i do i do uh in a sultry voice i read them to joe he does a jamie uh jamie thomas impression that's not there's that's not a when thing he, when he reads them to me there's no it's fantastic it's spot not, on that's not spot a thing. on it's definitely not a thing oh man then hit our website throw stuff at stuff.com We've got hats. We've got other things. You can join our Slack group, which is an incredible community of mostly awesome disc golfers. And uh, you can chat with Joe and I. You can also, obviously, we didn't do one this week because we had so much to talk about and it was kind of uh, short notice. But you can check out our deer reviews. If there's, if you ever like pops in your mind oh i want them to do this beer and this disc you can it's all there or maybe you're like hey have they reviewed my favorite disc yep. you can go to our website throw stuff at stuff.com and check out the deer reviews page and see whether we've done it so uh, that's a good place and then go listen to that episode fantastic lastly patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast we do a pre-show recording uh before every single episode and that is only available to our patreon subscribers and they're pretty fantastic if you like the show you will love the pre-show and if you burn through all our episodes you're looking for more there's like a hundred and something pre-shows yeah and they're like they can hit up next you join now you get to listen to all of them and it's like a dollar each going forward yeah 
So, uh, thank you, early adopters. Get after it. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. Uh, support the show, support us. We love all of our patrons. Thank you so much. Get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to hug it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up and fucking outrun an ace or two. Sometimes you got to ease if you wanna put the D's and the B's. Sometimes you got to say, hey, I'm gonna throw it softly. I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hook it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hook it.